now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Michael here again for another edition of Oilers Live Tuesday night. Got a guest from Straight Off the Pipe podcast. You find them on Sundays, Mr. Dash in the Park. Hey, Dash, how you doing? I'm as good as I can be, given my hopes and dreams continue to be dashed, and I have to keep continuing to scrape myself up off the floor after I smash my head against the panic button. Michael, how are you? Well, you know, I'm doing all right. I kind of like... Um, you know, I kind of think about these uh, these things sometimes, and I wish you know we were um, just doing regular media. You know, where you're not supposed to be the fan of a team, <laughs> so that you, yeah. like there's no, you know, you've got nothing invested in it. Like you, you know, you just kind of, you, you kind of, uh, yeah, you don't care, right? Like, but I do care, and uh, it sucks. I mean, uh, tonight uh, hurts like most nights uh, when we lose but um you know i kind of i don't know i mean we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about a lot of things tonight uh i want to go um so i've got a couple things i'd like to talk about and um one of them of course is uh i'd just like to go through and kind of give some player grades tonight because you know there are some players came came to play and and in fact i you know overall i thought the Oilers, you know, this was one of those moral victory type of games, except for the fact that, um, and I can't, um, now I'm lost as to who said, I think it was Fogel or maybe Sevier said it post game in the Oilers presser, you know, you just give away, you know, too many grade A chances. Like when you do give away chances, you give away these grade A chances. So, so that's, that's one of the things I'd like to talk about. Uh, we'll, Briefly talk about the uh, $5 ripoff jersey that ended up on the ice with the peel-off numbers and how ridiculous that is. Yeah. And a couple of other things. I mean, goaltending, obviously. I mean, uh, Dursa, on on your show, straight off the pipe, had a couple of goalies on the other day. Uh, some Koskinen apologists, we'll call them. Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I think... That. Um, yeah, yeah, there's... Uh, you know, there's, there's just, there's a lot of things to discuss tonight. So where do you want to start? I mean, give me your, um, give me your thoughts on the game tonight. Before we get there, I just like to tell you that I've started to try to turn my negatives into positives. And as you've seen, our team has started to create some bad habits. Um, these bad habits are, uh, they're looking a lot like trends, if you will, Michael. And so, uh, you know, as much as I, I hate to admit it, there's, you know, and I'll never gamble on the Oilers to lose. I, I won't. I never have. Um but you know what I what I decided to do is I, I thought I'd maybe parlay giving up the first goal and losing the first period. And <laughs> how about that? Made a little money tonight. Um, you know, and, and there's a couple <laughs> other couple other guarantees when it comes to uh playing the Oilers, and that's that a, a hometown guy or an ex-Oiler is gonna score when you play. Yeah. And that you're gonna give up the first goal, right? So what you do is you you parlay DeBrusque to score 
and the Bruins to score first. And then you parlay Larson to score and the Kraken to score first. And then you parlay Dylan Cousins to score and the Sabres to score first. You're a millionaire. And that's that's where I'm at. I, got, I just got buckets of money as the Oilers lose. So it's... it's uh, <laughs> is that what's burning in the background there? <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is my bank account. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a tire fire. Um, the game tonight was, you know... It, it, it's frustrating, right? Because like clearly there was a lack of puck luck there. I think um, you know we had some chances. Uh, I thought the game was potentially even defined right when Drysital missed that wide open net with 12 minutes into the game. Right, right then and there, I thought to myself, "Well, here we go again." It, it was almost like a a signing moment, and you know, well, one of the announcers may have even said, "You know, that's what happens to a losing team in that situation," right? And it's it's what it felt like at the end of the. The game, I, I didn't feel like we really got terribly outplayed. It didn't look like a 5-1 game. It didn't really feel oh, like not, a 5-1 not game. There's no way we were outplayed. You know, no we outshot him considerably. And, you know, there was we had too many giveaways. 20 giveaways to to 13, I think, for the Leafs. And, and that's too many. Um, I thought our D struggled again. But that's starting to become a, a bit of a, a common pattern as well. Um, you know, I, I love Duncan Keith. Um, I'm probably number two on his favorite fan club list here but he, he just i don't know man you put him against top pairing he can't play 24 minutes a night it, it it's you, you know you got him out there against matthews on that fifth goal now maybe the team's given up at that point but he got dominated on the cycle he he lost the board battle and then he completely was 10 feet away from him and lost his gap like matthews is gonna score there every time man every time so you know i I just hate seeing these bad habits because they're they're creeping in to be you know obviously things that almost look to be permanent. You you can't give up the first goal in fifteen of your last eighteen, man. Six in a row. I don't know. You know, it, it was a different game tonight, but it's the same result, brother. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and and in fact, I mean, we had a, we've had a couple of good games in this six game losing streak, which is bound to happen. Right, you're going to have a couple of good games. I mean, I thought we played Boston reasonably well, and and yeah. um, you know, I think I think tonight we outplayed uh, the Leafs for the most part of the game. But you know, it doesn't you know it doesn't mean anything, right? Obviously, it uh, you know it means it means nothing because you don't come out with the win and and stuff like you know you talk about that dry sidle miss. Um, I mean, that's huge, right? Like that's. That's his spot. I mean, the yeah, guy, you know, the guy can, yeah, the guy can hit from there with the goalie right in front of him. And he had another point blank shot, uh, later on in the game too. And, and, uh, just missed and, and really felt like, you know, this was a team that was snake bit, uh, tonight. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's mental right now. That's, that's what the game like tonight says is, is, you know, it's, uh, it's gotten to their heads and there's, you know, there's, um, you know, not much you can do there other than you got to ride it out. Now, uh, Shannon, um, uh, from, I think from Antigonish is on uh, Facebook says, uh, you know, uh, frustrated, uh, but Smith is not long-term either and he'll help Skinner develop, which is true. So that's the positive he's taken from all this. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, goaltending. Because you know, I I I, I want to talk about this because we had, um, of course, uh, Dursa had uh, the goalies on on Sunday's show, and I listened to a little bit about it, and you know, and and the guys that you see defend 
Koskinen typically are goalies, <laughs> right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, um, I, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to blame Koskinen for the loss, right? You got to score more than one goal. But the way I've, I view it is always this, right? Like I, I went back, I watched every one of those goals tonight. I watched a little bit of, um, a few, you know, plays that Toronto had, you know, and I watched a few plays that the Oilers had on, on, um, on Campbell. And just trying to get a feel for, you know, what's going on, right? Like, why are, you know, why are teams like the Leafs scoring these seemingly dirty goals? Is it because the Oilers aren't getting into the dirty areas? I don't think that's it, right? Like, when I watch the Oilers, there's guys out in front of the net. They're trying to do stuff. Part of it is is rebound control, mm-hmm. right? So when you watch, you know, the uh, teams uh, get a get a goal against Edmonton or specifically Koskinen in, the, in this case, rebounds are coming off of them every which way. I don't think the team knows where they're going. I don't think Koskinen knows where they're going. Uh, in front are a problem. Yeah, and um, you know, and that's and that's going in the net. But I think from a you know from a um, a team perspective, and we talk about the mental part about losing, uh, you know, six in a row, you get, you know, you start playing differently if you don't trust your goalie, right? Absolutely. Like you watch the gaps tonight on the defense. And vice versa. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and you watch the gaps tonight that the defense were given, right? It's, you're playing like that because you don't want to give a shot away, mm-hmm. Right. You're not playing like that because you, you know, you trust your goalie, trust your goalie to make the save. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, the rest of the whole team, team game suffers. Now I'm not. And vice versa, man, your goalie's not going to trust the D if he's, if he doesn't, you yeah, know, trust that a yeah. defenseman's going to cut off that pass across the crease, then he's going to try and cheat. And when you cheat, you make that opening. Yeah, right? and I don't want to make this all about Koskinen, but I, but this, you know, there's got to be something. This is a Ken Holland problem in my mind. Of course it is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mike Smith needs to come back. I'm not, look, we're still what, 16 and seven now after tonight. Is that what it is? Or no, 16 and 11. Sorry. 16. I wish we were 16 and seven. We're 16 and 11 after tonight. Yeah. We erased our six and all start. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm fine with 16 and 11. Uh, but it's got to turn around. I don't know. You know, I think here's a question for you. When is the time to push the panic button? I mean, you texted me when uh, just before we got on. You said, "Hey, you know, are you banging your head against the panic button?" What's your thought? Conscious, live over there. What is the uh, when's the time? Right, like when is this an actual? I mean, it was a problem a couple games ago, but when is this a legit problem? Is it when we fall out of eighth place in the conference? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a great question, man. Um, you know, yeah, I struggle with this because you know they they say that hockey gets going. You know, g- game twenty is your turning point, and game twenty is your you know your quarter turn, and you can start to analyze. And they say American Thanksgiving is you know when you can start to really start to see patterns, and you can start to see weaknesses develop and strengths develop, and and we're there. Right. That's, that's where we're just past that. Um, you know, a lot of the time real hockey doesn't even start until the middle of November or, or towards the end of November. And I, the, the part that I, I fear here 
Michael is that we're at that part of the season right now and, and we're playing our worst hockey of the year. And, you know, we, we did have some advantageous um, things go our way at the beginning of the year. You know, I think the first six or seven games were, were against non-playoff teams from the previous year. Then all of a sudden we're in a position where we had three or four teams backup goalies in a row. Um, you know, and we took advantage of that and that's great. But, you know, as we start to hit the the more complicated competition and, and the better teams and the teams that play a more playoff style of hockey, I hate to say it, but this is what I've been saying for months on, on both your show and ours is that we're, we're not necessarily built to play that playoff style of hockey and to, to really go out. And, and so I, I just, part of me is hitting the panic button already, man, because I starting to see my, my fears come, come to life. Um, mathematically no it's it's, dude this is a it's a sure a six game losing streak sucks it's it's not great um not all teams that you know make the playoffs have these uh we need to nip it in the butt but ultimately you know it's not gonna be our season um there's a lot of hockey to play so yeah let's let's think about this a different way because we started the season off obviously quite strong right and everything everything that could go in went in the net right like we got puck mm-hmm. luck we got everything we had you know power yeah. play was hitting just yep. like for example you know the leafs power play is hitting on all cylinders right now a lot Big like time. the oilers did for the uh, first little while so but here's the thing we started out what 9 and 1 right that those first 10 games uh, everybody in oil country myself included we're all excited right maybe not you but <laughs> the rest oh no of us, I, I, I was on the know. committee plan in the parade yeah for sure. yeah we had the you know the parade planned we were there but we saw kinks in the armor right i for think sure. had we started out five and five right mm-hmm. if we had started mm-hmm. out five and five and this team kind of had a different outlook you know off the start i think fans would have still been all right but we, you know, they would have been, they would have wanted more. I think this is the team that Ken Holland signed us up for. Right? Yeah. Like this is, you know, we're a 16 and 11 team. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, you know, there's a few, few parts, obviously, that need some work. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and we could argue whether there's lots of parts or if there's just a few parts, but there are parts yeah. that need work. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and then there's a couple things that, um, you know, there's a couple of, I told you so's like, w- is anybody surprised that Mike Smith got injured early? Oh. Right. I mean, nobody's, nobody's surprised by that. Uh, if he comes back will be the biggest surprise to me, which it sounds like he's going to be back, but look, we're a 16 and 11 team. We've, you know, spent, uh, four or five of those games without any of our top D right? My, while well, Nurse came back a little bit, I think, earlier than I expected them to come back. We've pretty much played a good majority of the season with, you know, um, like our second and third string goalie. So yep. 16 and 11. Hey, that's not bad. Uh, that's right. It's about perspective at the end of the day, is it not? You know, and, and if you looked at our expectations and we went uh, went back 88 miles an hour in the DeLorean to the the beginning of the year and and i said look michael this is going to be a bit of a tough goal bud because we're going to lose our number one goalie um if you shoot left-handed and play defense you're automatically on the ir (laughs) and if uh you know we're going to lose our top winger for at least a, a game or a week 
Um, but in getting through all of that, oh, and not to mention all those left-handed defensemen would be hurt at the same time. Um, but at the end of it, um, we're going to be 16 and 11. You okay with that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I, and, and we should be, we like, we should have known we'd be 16 and 11. Right. Yeah. I mean, as fans, I mean, you look at the roster, there were definitely deficiencies there. Right. Yeah. I was, I was, I'm still excited for the year. I'm excited for, of course. Uh, to watch, uh, dry and excited to watch, you know, McDavid and these guys. And, and, um, you know, tonight we saw some, like, there's no worries, right? Like, there's going to be a lot of folks that are worried about McDavid or worried about Dreisaitl, but those guys still played a hell of a game, right? Like, you could still see the skill is there, right? They didn't, you know, oh, yeah. they obviously didn't connect uh, for anything. But McDavid just about embarrassed Riley again. It was oh, close. Man, that was, you know, it's like, you, you don't watch any single one game and not see <laughs> McDavid do something really big. Uh, Shannon on Facebook says, uh, glad to see a goal from the fourth line. That was a positive. Uh, I got Lars on Facebook. He says, old goalies, old goalies always get the bad rap. By the way, happy birthday, Lars. Lars happens to be an old goalie. He's, uh, he's also a big, uh, big Swede. Uh, so he says, plus a finished goalie to boot, Civ. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no bias there. No bias right. there whatsoever. Uh, no no yeah, Regency bias. So I think we can agree, right? Like it's not, you know, not necessarily time to hit the panic button. Maybe losing six in a row is not ideal. What's the, what did the Oilers got to do to get through this? Well, <laughs> You, you said it, man. Uh, this is the team Holland built us. Uh, I think uh, that came through when you joined us on Straight Off the Pipe a couple uh, episodes ago, and we all had a, a little tiff and a fight about whether Tippett would get fired. Um, you know, and, and in that little argument we had, I, I told you that this is Tippett got to help pick these players. You know, like here's here's McDavid and Tippett having meetings about Duncan Keith and. And feeding that upwards to Ken Holland, who's who's taken their advice and put these players in place. Ken Holland wanted Markinen. He he wanted Grubauer. He 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 lost out on those players, and they went somewhere else. And and that was the signal that he knew he needed a better starting goaltender. He knew that he needed something better than the combination of Smith and Koskinen. Unfortunately, those cards didn't fall. Um, I give him a little credit for not hitting the panic button and going after. You know, like a Columbus goalie that was out there, or a Kudobin who now ends up on waivers, and you know we we didn't have to, but but I don't think after the way that the cards were dealt to Hull in this off season, he sat there and looked at his hand and went, "Oh yeah, this is this is the this is the best thing going. This is the real deal. We're going all the way here, right?" And so you know what what's a win for this season is it is it making it past the first round is it making it to a conference final is it getting to the stanley cup we all have different opinions on that um you know we're all trying to build towards something i would say if uh you know we said that hey we, we we're gonna after we hadn't made the playoffs for as long as we had through our decade of darkness and and said hey you know we're, we're gonna start making the playoffs consistently you know two three four years in a row and you know we're gonna start to get further and further in the playoffs like i'm not saying we're gonna have win a stanley cup in two, 2021 and nor do i think that this is the team that 
Tippett or Hall and Finkel get them there. So it's another reason to not hit the panic button, Michael, but it's, it's, it's the team that we have. So, you know what, we don't have the, the biggest defenseman. We, we lack physicality. You talk, talked about the tips in front and you talked about the traffic in front. Like nurse is the only guy that can move someone outside of Marcus Niemalainen, who's our ninth on the depth chart. You know what I mean? Like, and for him to step in and leapfrog a few guys was, was important. So what do we got to do to get off? I, I don't know, man. We, we got to play through it and, and win a couple of games, get some confidence back and stop letting in the first goal. <laughs> yeah. That first goal, uh, you know, and, and look, I, you know, something about this team and, and uh, I don't want to blame it on the officials because, uh, you know, what I'm I, sick of that loser of lament, but um, that's right. You know, I mean, it's, it's still right. You get that. We get that. Doesn't first mean it's call. not frustrating. I thought, uh, I thought, wow, hey, we got a first call, and then of course we only got half a penalty on a week on a weak interference call, and then why is Cassian out there stuff. anyways? That yeah, just, that's what should that. happen when you have Cassian on the power play. He should take a penalty. Get off the ice. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple. Uh, Rob Sarias on uh, YouTube listening in. Thanks, Rob. Hey, Rob. Uh, goaltending. Say hi to Christy on, for me. <laughs> goaltending is on the GM and no one else. Yeah. Um, exactly. Hundred uh, yeah. percent. Um, Rob and I share gosh, a very good uh, friend. Dash said, nice. And uh, Shannon says, one of the things we need to do is be tougher. We're too easy to play against. Now, I, you know, he wants to see McDavid's grit. He had an eerie. Um, you know, we're not playing take the body hockey at all. Big hits inspire the team. Slow down the opposition. Nima Linen sure. uh, has been uh, throwing away, throwing around some big hits. One hundred percent, though. You know, Shannon's onto something because I watched the mm-hmm. game tonight. I, you know, I, and as I said, I went back and I watched some key areas. You know, we're not, I mean, I look, we're not mixing it up in front of the net. We're getting out in front of the net. We're not mixing it up. Hey, I hate Kachuk as much as any Oilers fan, but man, I love the way that guy gets in front of the net and mixes it mm-hmm. up. I, I hate Marchand as much as any fan in the NHL, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he mixes it up in front of the net, right? Now, those guys are, yeah. those guys are in the uh, all-star category of players, uh, but Simmons... Simmons has had a good year uh, this year and he's mixing it up, right? Yeah. Like, guys got to, you know, this is, uh, Rob Surreal will love this because he, you know, I know his love for Cos- or for uh, Cassian, uh, but like Cassian has got to be better. <laughs> like, you know, something's got to be done. I, you know, well, there's only. You the issue is, is that Cassian's not a good checker. He's, he's good at throwing the body around. He's good at yeah. making body checks, but he doesn't have a good defensive IQ. He doesn't know where to be per- positionally. And so if you're going to have a guy like that, you got to, uh, you know, the, the brings the intangibles that Cassian does. You, you, you want to have a guy like that on the third or fourth line, but generally your third and fourth line are your checking line. And so like, there's a, there's a contradiction of, of skill and terms there, in my opinion. Cassian is, is, I don't know. He's almost better on the first line. I hate to say it. And, you know, the, uh, I, I think might've been Rob said it the other day, but the Cassian experiment is done. Like it, you know, it's game after game. I just look, you know, he's, um, I, there's no doubt he's a better hockey player than I'll ever hope to be, but, <laughs> but he's, he's not the player for this team. You know, if, I really uh, saw a turn once that contract got extended, you know, yeah. I, I just, uh, 
I think McTavish said it best when he was talking about Penner when they gave him that big contract and, and then McTavish started to hate his effort and said, you know, we really saw this contract that we offered up to him as a starting point, not a finish line. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, Hey, uh, I don't even know if I should read this comment. <laughs> oh, is it from Dursa? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 honestly. No, Shannon says, yes, Dash, you nailed it on Cass. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, you can- I'm off. I'm often right, Michael. Hey, hey, just- I just got to get it right once in a while, I suppose. <laughs> Let- Ask Dursa. I'm on a I'm on a podcast with a guy that I'm I'm right 100 percent of the time. And he yeah, likes, that's right. Well, we all know the guy's eye candy and a little bit of a boost to our female viewership. But sometimes I just simply feel like <laughs> there's not enough time or crayons to explain hockey to that guy. We got uh, we got Lars uh, says Koskinen has an incredible ability to let first shots and immediate goals in. Perhaps a better goalie coach. So you know I was watching uh, uh, Dursa with uh, the goalies on on Sunday night, and um, of course uh, Chad's big on letting Dusty uh, Dustin Shorts. Uh, you know, on letting them go. Uh, you know, I'm kind of big on this too because look, we haven't seen anything come out of our goaltending in a long time. That um, you know, Mike Smith to me isn't a product of um, the goaltending coach. He's just been around too long, right, in the league. Uh, you know, he's going to play his style, and I and he plays. You know, he's about as unique a goalie as you're going to get, but. Um, like the you know the rebound control playing too far in the net a couple of these things uh i you know i'm i, I think it's time for a move whether it's a goaltending coach or not you know make the move make the change right I, i'm 100% on that um what do you think uh free energy on youtube says what do you think about the recent reports of a lack of camaraderie on the team i i my opinion on that, I think that's BS. I haven't heard those reports, but I, I'd say that's BS. I think this team, they're a good good group. You got Hyman, you got Dreisaitl, McDavid, those guys, they all love each other. Your thoughts on that? Have you ever seen a workplace with 30 to 40 people in it where everybody loves each other? Well, one that I'm leading. <laughs> Other than heavy hockey. Other than heavy hockey network. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, not everybody's going to love each other. That's for sure. I just think you've never, I've never seen an NHL dressing room where everybody gets best friends, uh, you know, and, you know, you know, and, you know, it was, it was known that Mike Pekka would keep his earbuds in, you know, and not talk to anybody and not engage with any of his teammates and until the, the you know whistle blew and they're heading out to the ice he'd take his earbuds out and go play and you know sean avery was like that and eh, at the end of the day you don't you you don't work to make friends um you know camaraderie and and good culture and and all of that stuff's important and then it does lead to championships there's no doubt about it but i don't think there's a championship or a stanley cup that's been won where every single guy loved each other so you know six game losing streaks start to <laughs> put a little bit of fire in people's passion. You oh, know? I yeah, mean, hundred percent. You start looking around the room to see, you know, see who's at fault for everything. Right. You start pointing fingers, you know, I mean, you've been on enough hockey teams. I've been on enough hockey teams. You start, you know, no, you've never made a mistake uh, on the ice. Sometimes you might admit to it, but you know, you always think you make the right play and it's the other guy that should have done this or should have done that. And, and, uh, I totally, um, 
I totally believe that. Uh, yeah, I know a hundred percent. I, you know, I, the other thing, right? Like, and, and we're not going to go on this comment, uh, commentary very long, but I look at the guys uh, south of us, they're going through a bit of a, a little bit of a stretch as well Four four games lost in a row. Uh, I think they're what, 17 and, and 13 or 16 and 13 right now or something like that. Are you referring uh, to the Calgary super spreaders? <laughs> yeah. The super spreaders there. Here's the, here's the thing I'll say is uh, you can have camaraderie in the dressing room, but you can also have a coach that gets everybody playing the same style of system. Mm. And I would tell you if I, if I was to take talent, I'd take the Oilers for talent level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you got, if I was to take a team that's following a system, the Flames have been following a system all year that's worked for them other than the past four games and it, and get, is getting them noticed, right? Like, you know, everybody in the league's got them a lot higher than the Oilers in the power rankings. But I think, but I, you know, if I'm to take a team based on talent, I take the Oilers team for sure. Uh, but there's something to be said, right? You can have all the camaraderie you want, but if people aren't playing the right system, then, uh, you know, then it's just not going to work for you. And I just don't see this, you know, this Oiler team. I I feel like maybe this, you know, six game losing streak is a bit of a wake up call, right? You know, we, like we were, we prior to, you know, three, four, two, three games ago, we were talking about slow starts. You know, other than the first goal against, I think the Oilers have come out playing hard in the last few games, right? Like the slow start thing is out, you know, out the window. It's, you know, they got to build off of that now. Yeah, when yeah we it's get just that still first been goal, the, the first goal. Yeah. That's right. When we get that first goal, that's going to be a big, a big deal. Uh, Free Energy on YouTube said, did you see the comments Bear had made in regards to the playoffs last year? I don't remember that. Uh, uh, like when, which comments made recently or after the playoffs? Might have been. I mean, I'm, I'm aware of what he had said after the playoffs and, and how the team hadn't gotten along, that there was division. And, you know, I obviously, if you ask Ethan Barry, he's not going to think that Tippett has a lot of patience for young players and, and perhaps he doesn't. Um, but if he said anything recently, I, I, I certainly miss that. Um, I guess what you're trying to say in, in, in those words, and I, I guess I agree as well, is that getting along is different than buying in or being on the same page. Am I right? Yeah, 100%, right? Like, I, you know, I think this is, a, um, this is something that the, uh, you know, the team needs to buy into a system. And, I, you know, it's got to be difficult to have a team. I know it's going to sound a little bit crazy. It's crazy when I'm thinking about it, but, but I've been thinking about this lately. You've got Dreisaitl and you've got McDavid and you got guys, uh, lately making a lot of comments about the bottom six and saying, well, you know, how are you going to get any, anywhere if you're not playing any minutes? Right. Uh, but you can't just go and give, you know, your third and your fourth line equal minutes because you want them to, you know, <laughs> to be better, right? Like you're, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl earned extra minutes, right? Yep. Like they're that good. You know, they, you know, they, you have to have them out there. So you just have to, but you gotta, it's almost like you, you're coaching two separate teams, right? You gotta have one, you know, one style 
for those guys yeah. and who's playing with your top them. six plays one yeah. system and your bottom six plays another. And they have to, right? Like it's just, you yeah. know, you can't have, and here's where the whole Cassian thing drives me nuts. I feel like he's, he's out there on the third line trying to play a top, you know, top six kind of role. And it's not going to work. You got to grind it out. Right. I actually thought Fogel had a hell of a game tonight, by the way. Yeah, he's had a pretty good streak lately. He got another four shots on net, and you know he's yeah. been putting up fours and sixes and sevens, and seems a little snake bitten, obviously. But you know, I didn't, I didn't hate seeing him uh, in a more offensive prevalent role. It was, it was, you know, it was good to see for sure. I'd like to see him be there consistently and then produce consistently. That would be nice, right? If we could kind of even it up that way a little bit. Uh, yeah, man. Um, the flames, jeez, you had to go there, hey. <laughs> you know, hey, it like irks it's me tough. every time. It does. Well, me too, yeah. man. It's yeah, like, and I wanted, I wanted them to fail under Sutter. I'm like, are you, are you laughed when they rehired Sutter. This isn't supposed to work, you know. Like, what the? I, but you know, the guy, give him credit. Is he's got that team going in the right direction? And yeah, super spreaders. Like we needed another reason to hate the Calgary Flames. They go and start giving the rest of the NHL COVID. <laughs> you know, I, I I feel like the Flames are the reason God invented the middle finger. You know, it's like just f off already. I don't know. It's they're just a bane of my existence. But this is how, like, you know, the same thing goes for the teams that have been really good over the last few years, right? Like the Golden Knights. You know, they've bought into a system. They play the same sure. system night after night after night. Yeah, and waves. We don't get, you know, I'm, and I look, I'm done with the Tippett thing. I know he's not going anywhere this year. That's why I'm done with it. But we're not getting that buy-in, whether it's Tippett, whether it's the players, the personnel, whether it's mm-hmm. the organization. I don't know. We're not getting that buy-in. I think Shannon on mm-hmm. uh, Facebook earlier said something about we don't have an Ethan Bear, uh, Ethan Moreau or a, or a Bookberger in one of the comments. Hendrix. Uh, yeah, or a Hendrix. You know, we don't, you know, maybe we need a couple of those sort of types of energy players. That's the guy Cassian, everybody expected him to be once you had, everybody was, you know, Saying once the fans are back, we're gonna get you know Orange Crush back again, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that went nowhere. Durs is uh, listening in on YouTube. He said, oh, no. "So, <laughs> when was the last time Cassian delivered a good clean check?" I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I, you know, I don't want to like get on the guy, but there's got to be some. You know, the I I thought we had depth in the forwards for the first time with uh, acquisition of Fogel. Fogel's been actually really great. I think, uh, you know, we expected more of Perlini. We expected more of Sevier, I think, right? Ryan definitely expected more from Ryan. I thought Ryan had a good game tonight, though. I thought he had a Ryan is, uh, did he? Like, he won a few face-offs. Ryan's starting to, Remind me of the Boulanger triangle, man. That that puck, it's where the puck goes to die. Offense goes there to die. I've been saying since episode one and since I've started at heavy hockey that Ryan's better off as a fourth line center. And he's proven me right, man. Like, tell me your thoughts on, I mean, Ryan's there. Tell me your thoughts on Benson. Cause I like, I'm of two minds on this kid, right? Like, I love. 
I love that he's, you know, out. He, he looks like he's trying his damnedest to be good in a bottom six role. I don't know that he's going to be a long term NHLer, but man, you know what? Like, I love the fact that when he, you know, when he gets out there, he's trying to rough it up a little bit. He's trying to mm-hmm. do things. And that's not, you know, he's a playmaker, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's a guy that I hope, I, I, like, I'm hoping for him. Just right now, I don't think he's got it. Tyler Benson had 360 points in 60 games in AAA Bantam (laughs) and then followed it up with 250 points in 60 games in AAA Midget as a two-year underager. The the guy's never been on a fourth line in his entire effing life. Um, So, yeah, I give him credit for sure, man. He's trying to play a role. He's, you know, like... Andrew Cogliano wasn't a third and fourth liner in junior no. and growing up, right? Like he, these, these guys have to either figure it out if they're going to stay in the league or, or they've got to be given an opportunity. And, you know, the only way that a guy like Tyler Benson is ever going to, let me rephrase that. The only way that we're ever going to know if a guy like Tyler Benson has reached his potential is if he's putting in a position to succeed with that opportunity. And I just don't see Tyler Benson moving up to the top line or getting any power play time or, you know, but you rewind the clock and Tyler Benson put in offensive situations in the AHL last year is like a top five scorer. And, yeah, you know, you, you put him, he's a point of game player his entire career in the AHL. You, you put him in his entire five years where he, you know, led the Vancouver Giants in career scoring and is a point-of-game player in the WHL after being a first overall pick in the WHL draft. Like, the guy's this blue chip and a prospect as it should be, right? Like, it's just his size hurts him, his speed hurts him. But that doesn't that doesn't mean you don't make it in the NHL. A lot of guys that don't have great speed and, and great shots or still make it it is that hockey iq so you see it come through and in his fourth line role i just don't know man i don't know i agree with you i don't know if we'll ever see a long-term nhler there because i'm not sure he's ever going to get the shot on the first or second line and without that i you know he's he's trying on the fourth line but i don't think that's a 10-year fourth liner do you no no you know it's funny because i was listening to uh mike rep uh on sirius xm just Mm -hmm. uh in fact it was today rubber and uh you know he said a couple things which i thought were kind of neat um he was talking he said uh look there's there's a whole ton of guys like that are better than 50 percent of the nhlers today that are sitting in the ahl that got more Mm -hmm. talent than 50 percent of the na you know opportunity yeah it's opportunity right they're guys that can't play in the bottom six right so they'll never stick you know they could only Mm -hmm. play in the top six so that was one of the things he talked about. Um, and this kind of made me think about Yamamoto a little bit, which is he was talking about uh, Chris Bork, Ray Bork's mm-hmm. son. He mm-hmm. said Chris Bork went and played in Pittsburgh. He played on Crosby's line. He said he said he was there. Rupp was there when he was playing on Crosby's line. And he couldn't believe like Bork, how much he, he made happen. But he never got the puck in the net, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like he just never got the puck in the net. So, so he's, he's gone. Right. Yeah. But his Wilkes-Barre you know? stats were off the charts. Yeah, he was, and he, and you know, Rep was saying the guy like had, you know, more talent than most NHLers did, but he just couldn't get the puck in the net. Who knows why, yeah. right? You just don't get the chances. I mean, we're seeing that with Yamo. Maybe he'll turn it around. I don't know, but look, it's just not good enough. Right. You know, it's just not good enough. 
we got uh, Mr. T. <laughs> Not sure who that is on YouTube. Uh, Mr. Durst's alter ego. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> Derek, Derek Ryan and Yamo play great on the PK together. During a preseason interview, Yamo said he practiced a lot with Ryan and views him like a dad. I'd love to see them put together on a line. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'd like to see Yamo place down the lineup a little bit. I, I like, I, I do love the way Yamo fights for the puck in the corners. Like I, oh, yeah. I love watching that guy when he goes puck retrieval. You know that's what he's good at. That's actually one of the reasons that Drysaddle loves playing with him, for right? Sure. Like the puck retrievals off the charts. Him and and Nuge too, right? Like same thing. I think if you put Yamo down, you know, the line three. In fact, I think he was practicing there just the other day. I thought maybe they might push him there. I I wouldn't be I wouldn't have a problem with that. I mean, that's the kind of you want a guy like that keeping the puck down low for, you know, a good third line shift, a good fourth line shift, right? Like who cares if you're getting, you know, 20 points, but if you get one, right, once in a while, then hey, we're happy for you. Uh I'd be struggle right. with Derek Ryan being able to support Yamo on a line like that. I think that's two of our smallest guys and yeah, um, you know, Yamo does well when he's got a horse like uh dry sidle, you know, with his support on the cycle and, you know, two guys like that trying to cycle the puck, I think are going to get dominated in, in a lot of situations. Now they might be okay in their own end, but I don't mind the idea of Yamo on the third line. I'm just not sure. I love the idea of Derek Ryan being there with him. If Derek Ryan can take a role on the fourth line, you know, man, Eric Stahl's just sitting there, you know, like, Bobby Ryan's just sitting there. Patrick Marlowe's just sitting there. Maybe the last two names aren't, but like, doesn't that intrigue you a little bit? Like, does Eric Stone not want to come to Edmonton? I don't know, man. Like, I, I think he'd this, play. I think I think a lot of players would play in Edmonton now. I think they're, you know, I think it's a it's a destination spot. But something's obviously, you know, when you're down by six, right? Like, or when you're down six in a row, it, you know, it's a different story. But. But uh, they'll turn it around. Rob's got a good point here. It's difficult to do with no Hyman, but does uh, uh, tonight force Tippett to finally visit the three big guys down the middle? I, you know, I, I don't see why not. Why not put the three in a hundred percent though without Hyman in the lineup? But he might. Um, what's the word on him? Is he week to week or is he day to day? I thought uh, he was week day to day, week or two. Is that is that what they're saying? Yeah, day to day isn't much different than a week or two because day to day or game to game is you know two or three games in a week and there you go right. Yeah. So uh, Shannon's got a question for you. Would you put Benson on one or two for a good spell to get a better look at him? Great question. Um, either one, really. I mean, one A, one B, as far as dry settlement. McDavid goes center anyways, right? Or maybe you give Benson that shot with McDavid and Drysaddle. That'd be interesting to see. But I I, I don't know. I I I don't think. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd like to see him with McDavid because I think the high hockey IQ is there. Uh, Drysaddle seems to work better with, you know, Yamamoto, the puck retriever, and and, uh, likes playing with Nuge because of the defensive responsibilities. So, yeah, again, I I think I appreciate it, Shannon, but I think it just falls back to what we're saying. I'm just not sure that he can make it as a full-time NHL or in the top six. His skating just isn't there, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I watch him and, uh, he just, he doesn't seem to have, like, he's got good, 
yeah, you know, good hockey IQ, as you said, but he seems at, you know, a half step behind in, in the NHL mm-hmm. game. You know, he is. He is. I just don't, I can't see him. But hey, look, I mean, if you're, you know, in the situation you're in, why not throw him on one or two for, you know, I, I don't know if I'd, a good spell is what I would do, but, you know, I'd maybe give him a, a give him a night there and, and see it, it. But that all would depend on, um, how that happens in um, in practice. Uh, Mike Durst is watching both on YouTube and Facebook. Thanks, Mike. Uh, and he says on Facebook, when the Oilers say day-to-day in English, that means long-term injured reserve. <laughs> smacks my head 100%. You're right. Can't argue Dur- that. Does Durst's ass ever get jealous of all the crap that comes out of his mouth? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, you save save your chirping for the uh, straight off All the right. pipe. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you think of the defense? I mean, we talked a little bit uh, about some of them tonight. Um, I, you know, one guy I want to talk about that uh, has surprised me this year is Cody Cece. Mm-hmm. I've really loved what we've seen from him, not just like defensively, but offensively in the zone, keeping pucks in, making some, you know, smart plays, uh, down low. I look, I've, I've been pretty happy with him. Your thoughts. I love you, dear. So I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's got a, his first pass surprises me. I think like that, that was the thing that really, uh, jumped out at me that I, I didn't expect from him. Um, when we first, picked him up for that three or four year contract. I, I, I did actually do quite a bit of research and started reading around and, and Dursa and I had um, someone from Pittsburgh in our podcast that talked about, you know, his play. And, and I thought, you know, when he was playing those sheltered minutes and, and wasn't playing those number one pairing minutes in Pittsburgh, he, he really came out of his shell as, as being that value part of the defensive core. Whereas I think he was a little bit overexposed in Toronto and Ottawa previously as a number one defenseman. So, you know, to bring him over here and, and slot him in beside somebody else, that's a veteran and calm, um, you know, as much as I jump on Keith for his mistakes, he, he, he does calm things down. And um, I actually heard a shocking stat that he led our team in uh, successful passes out of the zone before he got hurt. So, you know, there's something good happening with those two. And and what I do find when they're together is when they get running around, it looks a little scrambly and and can be gross, but uh, for the most part, they're pretty good at just getting the puck out of their end quickly, right? It's not on their sticks long. They can break up a cycle pretty decently on CC side, I find. And, and then the puck's gone and either CC will make something tape to tape or, or I noticed Duncan Keith likes to do that slap shot where he just kind of aims at one of his teammates at the red line and they deflect it in for the dump and chase. And, you know, there's, it's, it's not pretty, but you're not going to get an icing call and it's out of your end. So I, I get it. Um, so yeah, I, I think CC's probably been the most pleasant surprise because I think we expected Hyman to be good. I'd say Fogel has met expectations. He's been snake bitten, but he's played well. So uh, yeah, that's that's it's been great to see what CC's done out there. I think he's probably been our most consistent and stable defenseman this year. Yeah, yeah, no, he's been um, he's been really good. I and I've been. Um... Yeah, I've been happy with Keith uh, this year, and I think you know if you got those guys, you know, playing uh, as you say, sheltered minutes. The guy that, um, you know, the guy that I just, you know, he's like the Cassian for the uh, defense is is Tyson Berry. I just, yeah, I mean, a I don't know how we ended up giving him the contract we did. 
look, it, like that's a lot of money for a power play specialist who there's other guys that can do that role. And because he's making that kind of money, they keep him on the power play is, is the only thing that I can, you know, figure out. Like if I'm to make a change on the power play, which is, is struggling as of late night, look, it's struggling, but I think some of that's puck luck. Like they seem to be getting still some chances and that, and they're, and they're moving the puck around nicely. Uh, but it's, it's Barry, right? Like I changed Barry from that, you know, maybe put Bouchard in if you want, maybe put nurse. I don't know. Are you worried to put Bouchard in because, because you're going to have to pay him, <laughs> right? Like what's the, you yeah. know, what's the deal? I mean, you can't obviously, games, can't, uh, yeah, but, um, he's, uh, he's the guy that, um, he's the guy that you got to change. Right. I like Bouchard on the power play better, to be honest. I, I think he he dances the line like a young Sergei Zubov. He just, you know, he moves the puck in, in a different way. Um, you know, Barry's obviously not poor on the power play. He's like no, no, scoring defenseman and like an incredible power play quarterback. Look what he did in Colorado when he had Cannon and Landeskog and Ratton in there. So, you know, but that's what Barry's good for. Um, you know, he, he played his way out of Colorado. Um, you know, he went to Toronto, my, my best friend's a Leafs fan. And, and he said, oh yeah, he'll enjoy the points he gets. You just wait. Right. And, and we see that now we start to see those scrambles and that panic and his like defensive lapses and positioning that are just baffling sometimes. And, uh, I guess what I hope, um, Jesus, it's tough to say because I like Tyson Berry and I think the team likes him, to be honest. I, but I, I, I hope he could be that trade chip for us um, that we can, you know, find a team that's looking for what Tyson Berry can offer and perhaps shed ourselves luckily of that and bring in somebody that complements our defensive pairings a little better. Right? Like, like you see how Marcus Niemelainen's jumped up the the depth chart here and maybe Sam Rukov and do the next theme, the same thing next year. But we, we lack that physicality in our back end. And, and I think for a playoff run or a deep playoff run, we're going to need those Kulikovs or, you know, those, guys that can the the bogosians that can really oh, you know yeah. gr grind and, and take punishment and give punishment and so yeah it's it's gonna be interesting man. hey i'm excited about nima linen like i love me too you know this is a kid that's played what he's on game three or four seven now? seven seven is tonight was seven, seven yeah Holy yeah, crap, man. man. Time flies. Yeah. How many have we won out of those? <laughs> One. <laughs> Damn it. The Nemo Linen's the problem this whole time. The Nemo Linen curse. <laughs> we figured it out. It wasn't Tippet. It wasn't Tippet. Oh, Here we are. We, yeah, we had uh, seven. No, you know what? I like yeah, Gullickson running the bench, and we still lost. He, he, uh, he laid a pretty big hit tonight. And, um, you know, you know he's going to. He's a big kid. He's fun to watch. He is fun to watch. And he, you know, he just plays, he's played a simple game. He's played what you want for a third pairing D. Sure. I don't know that he's he's fully ready. Like, I think there's, you know, he should be a little bit further down the depth chart. But he's he's what we sure. got right now. And and I'd rather. He's a bit raw, but he's 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He skates yeah. like the wind. He closes gaps. I was actually, uh, I was late watching um, for the first five minutes of the game and so i was listening on the radio and and stoffer mentioned in the first few minutes of the game something about did you just see austin matthews give nima line in that look after he closed that gap on him it was almost like holy shit how are you on top of me already you know and 
it's there's there's times out there where he looks like a bit of a condor like his reach is just so wide and then you know there's that chara effect where you're just like and you're right on there all of a sudden so you almost underestimate the ability to poke check and then he's right there so and because he can skate so well you know it's 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 interesting he's got all the raw skill and the potential i mean he blows somebody up every game or two like sorry dustin brown not sorry yeah, no, well, nobody expected him to be playing minutes this year, right? I don't think, you know, and um, and for him to get some minutes in and some development, um, you know, it's too I'm forgetting bad. who he did it to, but I think the best thing I saw him do all year was feed that guy from Minnesota a helping of his stick. Pretty cross-check <laughs> in the face there in that retaliation. Isn't that what you want to oh, see? Man. Yeah, absolutely. Get Absolutely. some space for your teammates. Like have a reputation that you can't be pushed around. And the Oilers lock a bit of that right now. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they really do. Right. Like there's, there is nobody to fear on this team. Right. Yep. Like I can't, you know, I, I don't know. we got John on, um, on YouTube asks, uh, will the Oilers trade for flurry to solidify the goaltending? I mean, flurry has been a conversation point all year. I mean, a, a couple. I think he's uh, still part of a modified no move, right? He is. Yeah. And so, you know, he's got to want to play in Edmonton. It uh, has to be the thing. I, You know, I I think one of the challenges Fleury had with going to Chicago is he's he's a family man, right? Like he, um, and he didn't want to be moving around, right? Like he, you know. Yeah. And so I, I'm this Fleury thing kind of is curious to me. Because obviously it's been, you know, the rumor from almost game one, right? This is when's Flurry coming over? Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, I I just I feel like that's like wishful thinking, right? And you and I both, you know, we're on two different minds. I I think that um, obviously the, he's a good goalie, right? But is he yep. the, is he the guy to get you where you want to go on this team? Yeah, I think he is. I I really do. Yeah, I know we've had this chat before, and I know you have your hesitations, but this guy's the the reigning Vesna champion. He was an important and integral part of of the Pittsburgh Penguins' Stanley Cup victories. Um, Ex-teammates talk about him like he's the greatest guy on earth and and a gift from God. It sounds to me a lot like Mike Smith, though, if he played a full season, right? Like Mike sure, Smith but... is a hell of a goalie when he plays a full season. Yeah. They're roughly the same age, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hell of a guy in the locker room. Everybody loves Smith. The yeah. guy the guy uh was the only person that showed up uh in the Flames Avalanche series a couple of years ago where it went the Flames went down four. Four straight after almost winning the president's trophy. Remember that? Four straight, first round, four straight. Do they say that? I loved it. Yeah, yeah but he was the only clear. guy. He was the only guy that showed up for that. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I'd love to. I, I, I guess you know, to be to be fair, I would love to see Fleury put on an Oilers jersey. I just, I, I wonder. I do have that hesitation. I wouldn't be upset if if the Oilers were to make a trade for him. Um, but. I just, I find, I think that the whole part that modified no movement, you know, everybody's going to, everybody's going to want to, want a shot at Fleury that's going to the playoffs, right? Like it's going to be competitive. 
Sure. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Michael. Yeah. If not flurry, (laughs) then who? Then who? Right. Like here's here's a list. Here's a list. Here's a list of your 2022 UFA NHL goaltenders: Mark Andre Fleury, Mikko Koskinen. Right, Darcy Kemper, Thomas Grease, Halak, Corpusalo, Schneider, Frank Kuz, Holtby, Jones, Jack Campbell, Riddich. <laughs> right, like if not him, who? Who are we going to carry? Price? We can't afford him. Who, yeah, who are we going to tra- tra- trade for? Yeah. If it, you know, if, if it's not going to be one of those guys, then it has to be a trade, right? And if it's going to be a trade, then who? Who's who's got a terrible team with an awesome goalie? This not for this year, but uh, well, I mean, for right then for, for next prospects. year, but it's either got to be a trade or it's got to be an that, offseason uh, or signing or however you say his name in Arizona. Like the guy's got shit in front of him and he's still got a 900 save percentage and he's been outstanding. You can barely pronounce his name. He's getting us to a Stanley Cup final, Michael. Come he's on, he's not that he's not, but man, I'd love to see, I'd love to see him end up on our team, uh, you know. Because that uh, Houston team's not going anywhere, right? So th- th- that's where I look at it from that standpoint. Now, if you give me that list of goalies, or you give me like who's our sellers at the trade deadline, right? Like we've got some guaranteed sellers, right? We've got uh, Ottawa and, and Arizona and and teams that are seem to be throwing it to the wolves, but I don't want any of their goalies. Who do you want, Craig Anderson? Right, like what? So we can't. You can't get a seller's goalie, and and if not, then you've got to make an off-season trade, or you've got to sign somebody in the off-season. So, I think when I look at this list of names, you and so I are in disagreement. Touch though, with a ten-foot pole. You and I are in disagreement in terms of what matters this season. Like I, if the yeah. Oilers don't make it anywhere in the playoffs, like. You know, it's complete failure in my mind. Like it's no, it's it's zero improvement over three years. Right? I'm scared we're headed there again. I, yeah, I, no, hundred percent. We're headed there right now with the team we have. Hundred percent. So, as if we get out of the first round, this year's a success in your eyes. Well, at least the first round. I, I mean. I guess it depends on how the second round looks. If you get out of the first round and you're blown away in four. Right. Yeah. Then, um, you know, but there's, there's still a lot of work like this. You know, that's, that's the, the key on this team, right? Is, is that's what everybody's been talking about from since game one is this team's not, you know, playoff caliber team. They're a regular season team. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know that anybody knows what the exact formula is, right? Otherwise, Maple Leafs would have been past the first round, you know, at some point yeah. in their lives. <laughs> right? But they haven't yeah. been past the first round yeah. since Austin Matthews was six years old. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, look, they've got to, but they've got to improve year over year, right? And, you know, I could care less about the other teams right now, right? Like, what I care about is that, you know, I want to see, as a fan, I want to see McDavid and I want to see Drysaddle and I want to see them do well in the playoffs. And we've seen them do well in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. We've, we've seen, like, you know, except for Kessler holding a pad, 
right? Like we'd been through two rounds, right? And, you know, and, and a lot of that, well, I, Dreisaitl was the guy that really showed up that, that year, right? Yep. You know, McDavid, McDavid had some bouts of, uh, brilliance, which, you know, he's bound to, but Dreisaitl was the guy that came to play. Like, I love the fire yeah. in that guy when he gets going. He's a playoff guy, yeah. right? Like, when mm-hmm. he, uh, yeah. I was at Cassian that game in San Jose the... where he, you know, got up between the, <laughs> up in the. Speared somebody where the uh, <laughs> sun don't shine. Yeah. And, but you know what? To me, that's like, like tonight, Dreisaitl getting that penalty, which was a shit call, but, the, you know, him fighting back, that's 100% Dreisaitl. The guy hates to lose. Yeah. Yeah, right? like he's you know he they, is uh, he's he called he's a penalty a in the guy. first place. He doesn't have to wrestle him, but yeah, 100%, yeah, agreed. But, yeah, for sure. But I love that guy. Yep. And I no, I, I I don't have any any doubt that those guys can carry us once we get there. I think like you see the sheer determination and in, in like look what David did against the Rangers when he got pissed off for thirty seconds. Right. Like, you know, oh man, I lost the puck and it pissed me off. So then I, I geeked out 17 guys and, and scored the game winning goal. Like that's the McDay that I can't wait to see in the playoffs. It's, it's game seven. And he just goes, nah. you know, this, you know, Mark Messier's hat trick in the third period for the Rangers in the guaranteed game, you know, like, I feel like that's the capabilities that our McDavid's and dry have. I just, we need the supporting cast um to to make that deep run so yeah you know like the the positive side of me says hopefully we can get a round or two i think it depends who our matchups are right and and if we can kind of get into the first round with somebody that's a bit of a track meet where we can go back and forth um you know but if we if we land against a team like the jets or the blues or something like that in the first round that that might be a little tough on us yeah yeah 100 percent be tough i mean playoffs are going to be tough for this team without some major changes you know, you got to have, there's just got to be somebody other than Cassian that's our, you know, our shit disturber on this team, right? Like it's, you yeah. know, there's got to be somebody that's going to get up night after night. I want somebody that the other team hates, right? I want our Wilson. I want our Kachuk, right? Like, you know, I want our So, so what you're saying is we, we go out, we get Brendan Lemieux. And then uh, we, we, we make we make we make a trade for Evander Kane. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then what you we can do to, is you don't even have to trade for those guys. You just call <laughs> call up. You you brought up Ryan Kessler. We could bring him back out of retirement, and he could start grabbing pads oh, for us, or maybe Matt Cook or Rafi Torres. That, that'd be a pretty hated line. Yeah, I would have loved to see Corey Perry on this team. And I and I hate Corey Perry, but. Man, did I want to see him in an Oilers uniform, right? Yeah, it would have right a lot. It might have righted a lot of wrongs, you know. Oh, um, man. But I, you know, just the same breath. I'd like to see Eric Stahl, to be honest. Like, is you know, yeah. he brings the same type and of intangibles and still a third line center and good skill experience. and size and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bring us a cup instead of beating us like you did back in 06, you jerk. Yeah, the team needs a little sandpaper. Right. I'd like to see it earlier than later. Like, I don't want to wait until the deadline. I want to see it earlier than later. Okay. We're going to start winding down here. Okay, buddy. Because it's two o'clock. But I want to, I want to talk about one last thing before we do Olympics. Mm. So I put on, I put a tweet out. um, Well, okay. First, let's go just, just quickly a couple of comments here. 
Mark Andre Fleury would be a huge improvement. That's Lars Smith back, and that tandem is gold. Oldest mm-hmm. goalie tandem in the league, no doubt. But yeah, I'd love that that tandem. Uh, Shannon says, "What about Price?" Lars Price is way overrated. Uh, and Shannon it's says he's heard Harry Price to Edmonton. It's too expensive. But how I do we do, fit? How do we fit ten million into our cap? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mister Mister C T says Dubnik <laughs> with an LOL at the end. I'll give him the break there. And then uh, Dursa says, "What are your expectations if Mike of Mike Smith if he plays Thursday?" I think, hey, uh, if he can get through the game without getting injured, you know that might be the the kickstart we need. You know, maybe, uh, yeah, good, great, well said. And then that's, you just took the words off the tip of my tongue. That's what I was going to say is it just might be the kickstart we need. Um, you know, I, th- I think it does really show how much we miss him back there, handling the puck, oh. um, taking pressure off the defense, getting the puck off the ice, taking pressure off them to make sure that, you know, Keith and CC can go high. He changes the, the power and, play up. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's one of the only goalies in the league that changes how your power play looks, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's good in the dressing room. Uh, he's got the intangibles we need on the ice. So yeah, let's, let's hope, you know, to Durst's point, maybe that's, that's what do I expect out of him? I expect him to change the Oilers fortunes back to the good. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I'm with you there. Okay. Last topic. We're going to chat, uh, Olympics, your thoughts should the NHL, go they've got uh i think till january 10th is the deadline without financial penalty although i think Batman opened it up today to say uh they don't really care about the financial penalty they'll they'll bow out if they bow out should they go yeah oh man will they go? you know it's oh man just laying the tough questions on will they go i don't know I, you know, I got a skirt you on both, dude. Um, will they go? I don't, I don't know. I, I think that time will still tell a little bit, to be honest, and to see what more information, you know, Connor McDavid gave that answer today in his, in his presser. And just like, we, we need more information before we can make those decisions. I know all the players still want to go, um, you know, the sentiment from the player side of it, nobody's, nobody's throwing their arms up in the air and going, okay, fine. We don't want to go now if this is going to be the case, but you know, here's here's the thing michael like I, there isn't a person listening to this podcast there isn't a person in canada there isn't a wait person. a second there's a few people listening to the podcast <laughs> all right to the to the tens and tens of people to listening to this podcast right. we all want to see canada play in the olympics we all want to see Connor mcdavid wear a team canada jersey 100%. we all want to see what he can do to to elevate the country can he get the golden goal like can can he have his moment we all want to see that are we as oilers fans willing to sacrifice not having connor mcdavid or leon dreisaitl or i'm not sure nurse is there anymore in the top in the conversation but or darnell nurse have to stay in china for four weeks while our favorite team goes and potentially struggles without them you know if our team goes on a two and eight record while McDavid's in quarantine in China. How much are we going to like those Olympics then? So do, do I want to see him? Of course I want to see him, Michael. Do I want to see him where they all get to fly home and play on their NHL teams when they get there? I'm just not sure what that's reality or what our world has given us right now, bro. 
Yeah, I don't chat uh, much about politics uh, when it comes to my hockey stuff, but um, you know, I got a problem with us going to China at all. For one, uh, you know, to support that um, regime, there is problem one, uh, number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, some of the veiled threats on on you know about the uh, diplomatic um, yeah. boycott. You know, kind of concern me. I, I'd be concerned as any athlete in any sport going out to uh, China just based on those threats, especially sure. uh, if you're the kind of high-profile athlete that a McDavid or a Drysital or somebody like that is, right? And you're you're in this country, and you know who knows, right? Like who knows what happens? They might, you know, but you're talking three, five weeks who knows right and and you're stuck in they're saying possibly not even in the in the hotel you're you're at you might be at a chinese quarantine center, hotel right? yeah, yeah quarantine hotel there's no yeah. way in hell i would want to be there as an athlete of any sport you just said the word hell chinese quarantine hotel sounds like hell i don't know man like 100%. i percent i don't know right like when you saw the original you know pictures coming out of china when uh covid first started like you know it's some scary shit and so um look i'm willing to sacrifice all that to see mcdavid in a team canada jersey that's really what it comes down to i don't want to see it but i don't know if i do i don't know i don't know what my answer is bro i don't i want to see them in the olympics not under these circumstances. Just not yet. Yeah. Okay. Go play. That's fair. Olympics I appreciate your stance. Or something, and that's yeah, I respect your stance. About. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd love to see another World Cup. Hey, you know, or rename it back to the Canada Cup. I'd love to see that. And yeah. See Team North America. Happened. Yeah. Oh, that that part I could do without, but that was just me. It was it was kind of a fun, but it was a little bit hokey. I it was fun because McDavid was on Team North America. Yeah. Uh, if it were outside of that, who knows? But. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's um, you know we're talking about the Chinese uh, government. There, the CCP held the two Michaels businessmen uh, with trumped up uh, charges for years. Imagine the leverage they will have with our millionaire heirs. Yeah. Right. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, I hate to think about yeah. it, but yeah. Dursa says, nightmare Tom Clancy novel stuff. They give Connor an, a fake positive COVID test. So, you know, <laughs> like, I, hey, I mean, that's that's the that's the concern I have. Uh, that's it uh, for tonight. I want to thank you for joining me tonight. As always, good episode. Uh, be back next Tuesday. Uh, recap kind of tonight, Oilers lose 5-1 to the visiting Toronto Maple Leafs to extend their losing streak, uh, to a glorious six games. Uh, sad day for Oilers fans. We did see a jersey on the ice, which, um, looked to me like a cheap ripoff of a jersey. I, my suspicion is it was a Leafs fan came prepared. That's exactly what I said to my wife. If I ever go to a Leafs game, Leafs game, I'm I'm wearing my Oilers jersey and taking taking a twenty dollar Chinese knockoff Leafs exactly. jersey and hucking it on the ice when we're winning five one. That's that's exactly uh, yeah. Uh, Oilers still managed um, thirty was it thirty six shots uh, tonight? To in fact, the second period they um, 
we're up like seven, eight, nine shots before it, like 12, 10, 12 minutes into the first, second period before the Leafs even got a shot, which they happened to score on. That's right. Uh, so that's where we're at. Um, that's, that's where we're at with the Oilers. Uh, next game is Thursday, is it? Against, uh, next game. Columbus. Up, oh no. Uh, Columbus. Yeah, Columbus, Thursday, 7 p.m. Mountain. And then, Seattle uh, Sunday. Seattle Sunday. Maybe or Saturday, Saturday, pardon me. Seattle Saturday. Seattle Saturday. My birthday, by the way. So I nice. expect all those birthday wishes to, to be coming my way. So we'll be back uh, next Tuesday, the 21st, uh, for our Christmas episode. And that's right before the Oilers go on a little bit of a, a road trip and Right, um, not long before Oilers get to play Calgary. Always looking forward to Battle of Alberta. All right, Dash, you get the last word. When you're done, you know what to do. Everybody else, have a great night. Uh, Michael, out of here. Go ahead. Big thanks to uh, Heavy Hockey's heavy hitter, Michael Hebert, for having me on. The uh, handsome Haligonian Hulk he is. I appreciate being on the show. Thanks to Shannon. Thanks to Rob. Thanks to Lars. Uh, love the comments. Love the interaction. Um, you know what? We're all Oilers fans. This is an Oilers fan podcast. And uh, we have the right to be frustrated right now. We have the right to be upset. We have the right to be, um, you know, disappointed in our team's effort lately. But I don't think it's panic button time yet we're we're okay this is 16 and 11 uh we've had a weird you know flow of our ups and downs you know and peaks and valleys so far but maybe we'll learn something from it uh let's hope schmitty gets us off the schneid when he comes back uh looking forward to uh seeing how they do over the weekend and uh just once again thanks for having me on it's always an honor to be on here with you buddy good night everybody go on let's go Life, but